Well, it's an exciting day to be in worship, and it's an opportunity for us to um, talk about God's blessings in generosity. Um, why is it so exciting? It's, I truly believe it's because the family of St. Paul United Methodist Church is a very generous people. Um, I am always amazed in a positive way about how every person who's a part of our church feels that um, uh, desire within their heart to do their very best to make sure that in partnership with God and God's work here on earth, that we are making a huge impact. Um, I want to ask a question this morning. If, um, if you think you're a generous person, um, would you just raise your hand if you think you're a generous person this morning? Okay, there's only like two generous people here today. Come on, folks, you know. Um, you know, I, I wanted, the reason I asked that question is not as to embarrass anybody, but I, I kind of want to make sure that we're focusing on that word generous today. And uh, I want you to realize that I see the generosity that's in you. So uh, many of you here today did not give yourself any credit at all uh, for your generosity and for your generous heart and the way in which you are in mission uh, and ministry for this community. Uh, I'm grateful for the generosity that many display and the ways in which through uh, your serving in the local church, the way in which you partner in the giving of your gifts, uh, acknowledging what God is doing in your life, you are truly making a difference. But uh, I think we ought to just call it the way that it is also this morning. I'll, I'll, we are in church, and church is a place to certainly be honest, I hope. And that is that uh, many of us are uncomfortable when we come to talk about generosity. Uh, sometimes we want to just tune it out. Sometimes we want to just um, not worry about it, but we, we are less prone to want to talk about generosity and we are um, feeling not very generous, but we need to recognize something, and that is that living in our country, uh, we are a very generous people. In fact, we understand that by being an American means something, that we probably have a higher standard of living than most people do from around the world. So, so giving and generous this morning, I want to make some distinctions with that. Um, giving and generous are not the same words. Uh, we can give to something, and we can give of our self, or we can give a good word to somebody, but that's not meaning the same thing as being generous. So to be generous means that we are orienting our life around a greater purpose, and to be generous means that everything about our life is focused and oriented on bringing glory to God, and through our generosity, we are allowing through our hands and our feet and our time and everything that there is about us, uh, God's work to be done. Now, sadly, most Americans do not think that they're very rich, but again, we are. Most Americans think uh, that we're generous, and unfortunately, we aren't. Um, a lot of us don't feel rich because we compare ourselves we compare ourselves with other people. And when we start that comparison game, here's what it creates. It creates that kind of that tension that's out there that says that you have something more than me or you have uh, something greater than I have. And we do this comparison game and we come up to these ideas that we are coming up short when we compare ourselves with other people. That's a very dangerous game to play and we'll never win at that game. And the minute that we understand we can never win at that game, the greater the freedom will come and the more quickly that freedom will be here as well. You've heard me say in the past that if you have a, a car, if you drive a car, that you are in the top six to 9% of the wealthiest people in the entire world. 
If you have a car, you're in the top six to 9% of the wealthiest people in the world. And that's why we need to, on a Veterans Day, understand the impact of that, that in America, we are far blessed even more greatly than we can ever imagine or ever assume. And we need to make sure that we are not uh, bringing this down to a point of looking at only comparisons about how someone has more than we have and think that we are less than that. But let me share with you a truth this morning, and I think this will help put some things in perspective. And, and please understand that, that where I'm going with the message today is not to uh, poke at any person in particular, but as is our mission every week, it's to draw us closer to the teaching of Jesus. And I think as your pastor and, and as we are your pastors, that, that that is the expectation you have of us. Is that correct? That you want us to teach the word of God. Amen? Amen. So we need to understand uh, some important things about generosity that the Bible speaks of. Uh, let's start with this. The average American gives away 2.8% of their um, resources to, let's say, charities or let's say the church. The bad news is the more money you make, the less you give. So let's say that you make $100,000 or more a year as a combined family income or yourself or whatever. That 2.8 does not increase. It doesn't mean that we're more generous the more we make. It actually shows nationally that we decrease. That instead of giving away 2.8% of what God gives to us to help uh, God's church and, and other uh, charity organizations, we give 2.6%. But see, we've got to, to reconcile this. And as Jesus followers, we're called to lead the way in extravagant generosity. Why? Because as Jesus followers, Jesus our Lord, and you believe he's the Lord, right? The Lord says to us, it is more blessed to give than what? Than to receive. And that is a teaching that we must hold on to today, that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. The, the fact that many of us feel like we can't give, the minute we believe we cannot be generous in anything that we do is because we've convinced ourselves that we just cannot. And we say to ourselves that our, our expenses are too high for our income. And if you're in an expense is too high for your income lifestyle, you've really got to check to figure out what is the God you're worshiping. Is it the God of the world or what is it? So the significance of the things that we see for that are impactful. The reason we don't find a way to give more in the ways in which we live our life is because we live under a mindset of scarcity. We want to give more, but we feel we can't because we live and feel like we're always financially behind. I'm behind on my bills. I'm behind on this. I'm behind on that. And, and we can hear it in our language. And if we're not careful, we live under this mindset of scarcity, and, and we want to, to find a way to break through with that. So let me show you what the scarcity lifestyle looks like. Here's what it looks like on the screen. So God provides. We then consume. We consume, and in most instances, we overconsume, and that leads to a time of lacking. So God provides, we consume, it leads to a time of lacking, and whenever we're into a season of lacking, what does that do? It generates fear. And that life cycle continues on and on and on and on. God provides, we consume, we overconsume, we lack, and then we fear. And we live under this auspices of 
scarcity and we can't get that. But as Jesus followers, we're supposed to have a different mindset because of what God does, then we are to replicate what God does. What did God do for us? He gave, he gave his son, Jesus Christ. God came into the world in the flesh as Jesus. He gave himself on the cross as the ultimate gift. So God demonstrates to us, first and foremost, the importance of having this generous mindset of putting God first, so to speak, in the way in which we live. So here's, here's what we do as, as Christians. We, we give generously because of what God did for us. We love to give generously. We don't give generously because we are forced to do that. In fact, Paul writes these words in 2 Corinthians. He says, each person should give what they've decided in their heart to give. So what that says is, is that you are not to give what you're told to give. It's not my obligation or my role or Pastor Pam's role to tell you this is what you have to do. You must feel no compulsion for that because when you feel compulsion, you withdraw. We withdraw in a sense of that. And it says that God loves a cheerful giver. So when God blesses us, when God rains this favor down upon us, then it should incite within us this immeasurable desire to do God's work in the community through the resources that God first gave us. Is this making sense? And we should be excited about that. It shouldn't be a grudge. It shouldn't be a, oh my gosh, I've got to do this again. We should love and orient to partner with God. Paul continues to write, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. There's a promise in those words that God's promise is that you will have what you need. It doesn't promise riches. It doesn't promise to be the, the highest person on the totem pole, but God promises to give you what you need so that what he gives you, you may abound in every good work. So it starts with God, it is given to us, and we do the work of God in our community. It is written that God has scattered abroad gifts to the poor, and God's righteousness endures forever. So as Jesus' followers, we are called to be generous, and that's supposed to be part of our character, that we are generous. But, but what does the Bible say that God does in return with our generosity? And here's what it says. It says that God multiplies abundantly. Now, I'm not moving into um, a situation where I'm saying that because you give, that God promises you riches, but what I'm saying is God multiplies abundantly. So he gives us the seed, we sow the seed, and then God blesses the outcome of that. And the blessing comes by our explosion of seeing the faith that we have because we have followed God's lead in what he has asked. He says here that, that we are to be made rich in every way so that we can be generous on every occasion. And that generosity builds our faith that those of us that have a hard time sometimes seeing where God's at work, that when we allow God to work through us, but when we're obedient to what he says and we see the fruit of that, that our faith grows abundantly. So God moves on our faithfulness and he makes something great happen, not for the glorification of the individual, but for his glory. So everything that God does is not to bring glory to us, but everything we are to do is not to bring glory to us, 
but it's to bring glory to God. So let's take a look at what God's life cycle looks like and the importance of, of what we see here. So the scarcity life cycle is on the left. So God's life cycle is God provides and then we give. And when we give, God multiplies. And when God multiplies what we give, our faith grows. Now, how many of us want our faith to grow? We want our faith to grow every day. We don't want to live in a scarcity mindset, but we want to see the fruit of what God is doing. So tithing breaks the cycle of scarcity, and it creates a, a new cycle of supply. Now, the word tithe comes from the Hebrew ma'aser, and ma'aser, basically what it means is one-tenth of everything of which we have received from God. Now, some, some may argue that and say, that's Old Testament, but I'm a New Testament person. So you have to go all the way back in the Bible, even before the law. And you've got to go back to the story of Abraham. And we see that out of Abraham's love of God and God's blessing and provision in Abraham's life, that Abraham gives a tithe back to God. And if we go into the New Testament side, we begin to see in Jesus's own words where Jesus says that you should tithe. And then he also says, do not forget the more important matters of the law. So Jesus's assumption is for New Testament Christians, tithing is second nature. We shouldn't struggle with it. We shouldn't have to be reminded that that's, that that's just what we do. In fact, he calls us to be sacrificial above that. So when God blesses us, we are called then to tithe because it's an act of worship. It's an act of surrender. God gives to us, we give back to God. God then takes what we give, he multiplies it. And then when God multiplies what he's given us and we give it to God's work, then our faith grows in a very majestic way. And instead of experiencing the scarcity mindset, as followers of Jesus, Christ calls us to give back abundantly, and he calls us to do that with precision. So there's, there's a couple of thoughts I want to uh, share with us today about this word tithe. The tithe teaches us to put God first. Did you hear that? The tithe teaches us to put God first. Here's what Deuteronomy says. Bring this tithe to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. What is that place? It's the house of worship. It's the local church. Doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. Lots of great organizations, Red Cross, United Way, lots of great organizations making, but what is the scripture saying? As Christians, we don't live of the world. We live in the world, but we live of God. So he says, bring the tithe to the storehouse, bring it to the place chosen by God. God chooses the church, his creation, his bride, to be the one uh, who makes the difference. Now, I want to slow down for a second because as I look around the room, um, some of you are starting to get this, but I know what some of the others are, are thinking because I'm looking at your face and you're going, why in the world did I come to church today? <laughs> and and I, I get it, I see that. You know, I should have slept in. I shouldn't be here today because this is what the pastor's talking about. Some of you have scrolling through your head these kind of ideas. You're saying, you know, Bob, for me to tithe, it would take me to rearrange my whole life around God. Are you really telling me to do that? Yeah, I am. You might be saying, but, but you don't understand, Bob. I, I have to make massive changes to my life to do that. Okay, I get it. 
But to do that would, would mean that an, an act that's crazy on my part. Are you really asking me to do that? Yeah, I'm asking you to get crazy for Christ. I'm asking you to live into the teachings of the Bible and to fulfill your faith in growing the way that God wants you to. Why, why does the Bible say this? Because it takes faith to give first. It doesn't take any faith at all to give last. So when we step out in faith and we give our first fruits, we are growing in our faith. When we, when we sit back and say, okay, I've paid out everything. Here's what's left over in my pocket for this week. It doesn't take any faith to do that at all. But it certainly takes faith to say, God, because of what you've given me, I'm gonna honor you and I'm giving this back. That's why every time that I'm blessed with an increase in, in pay and in what I do as a pastor, I always give those first fruits back. It's just the way I live. Why? Because I wanna make sure that I live what I speak. And, and that's the, the, the way in which the tide does. It develops in me uh, that I truly believe what I say. And God calls us to do that. So, so tithing teaches us to put God first in our lives. The tithe also builds our faith. How do we do that? Um, well, we go in the Bible, and did you know there's an Italian prophet in the Bible? His name is Malachi. It's actually Malachi. But, um, uh, but, but we, go, we go to Malachi, and we find out about how the tithe builds our faith. Malachi says this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Here we go again. Where's the storehouse? Where's food uh, to be? Uh, it's the church. Test me in this. Those words are so critical. Test me in this. They're in quotes. It is what God is saying. God is saying to his people, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Now listen to me. This is the only place in the entire Bible where God says to put him to a test. Everywhere else it says, do not test me. This is the one place where God says, test me. And we need to do that. We need to test God's word. When God says, test me and see that I won't do this, yes, I will. And we need to have the forefront to do that. But, but yet we're prone to believe everything that the Bible says about what it says about salvation. We're prone to believe everything that the Bible declares resurrection. We're prone to believe everything the Bible says about loving neighbor and loving God. But when it comes to generosity, we just kind of want to say, well, I think that's only a suggestion. It's not important, but it is one of the most important things that we can see and understand and live into as the body of Christ. And that's why Jesus spent so much time talking about it. God says, test me. See if my economy isn't different from the world's. The world economy says consume, lack, fear. Consume, lack, fear. But God says, but if you give to me first, then I will build your faith. And not only build your faith, but I will multiply the gift that you give for my work. And give me your first fruits, give me your best, and I will bless the rest. And that's why we need to start that. We need to understand the provision that first comes from God. And when we do that, it allows us to start prioritizing our life and putting God first, not just by word, not just by thought, but by everything that there is about us. And we have reoriented our entire life to put God first in that. Why? Because Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And when we give that way, we break the doctrine or the life cycle of scarcity because God is first in our life. The tithe provides 
the resources for the work in God's church. You know, God's made it clear in Scripture that he partners with his people. Look at all throughout Scripture how God just didn't do this on his own. He partnered. He uses his creation to fulfill his work in creation. So therefore, the tithe proves the resources, provides the resources for God's work. So how many of you at some point in time in your life have been touched by a ministry or had your life changed because of your life in a local church? How many have had your life changed because of a local church? You know, many of you here today probably had your life changed because you were a part of St. Paul United Methodist Church. And the changes and the effects that this church has had on you have been huge and have made a, a large difference. And, and so what I want to show you here um, uh, is a couple of examples of how God's generosity to us and our generosity to God is leading to great ways of which things are being multiplied and how our faith is growing. So let's take a look at a, a couple of um, slides that I want to show you here. Look at this. 1,160 people received turkey dinners during our Thanksgiving outreach because we are striving to be generous people. 352,000 pounds of food uh, projected this year, distributed to the underfed in this year alone. These are huge things. Uh, we live stream in, in 21 states, and therefore it's not just a church here in Largo, but it's across our country. You know, through our generosity, 1,440 bags of food um, are given to, to chronically hungry, hungry elementary age kids through our Pack-a-Sack program. These are kids who go away over home every weekend with a food bag and knowing that when their parents can't afford to feed them on the weekend, we're feeding them. Through our generosity, 14 students have traveled to West Virginia uh, on a mission trip where they learned to partner with uh, people that um, are living in subpar conditions. And not only did they uh, partner with them in a faith journey, but they, but they worked with them in ways uh, to rebuild their homes and decks and some other things. Take a look at this one here. 350 members and friends are active in our handicapable ministry. Why? Because of the generosity and the gifts that we give and the ways in which we are a church doing the work of God. And lastly, look at this one, 120 kids, 120 kids involved in service projects, service projects through the children's ministry. And this is outside the doors of this church. These children are going to places and putting smiles on faces of the elderly, of, of the chronically ill, of individuals who are special needs. Our children are making a difference. And these are important things for us to see. That sometimes we get so caught up that, that wow, I don't know that I want to help my church financially because, well, it just pays salaries and buildings. Guys, it pays ministry. And that's the work of the local church is ministry. And that's the kinds of things that we need to see. I mean, who, who does all these things? And, and we're going to show you over the next couple of weeks even more things that we're involved in. But what kind of church does that? We do. St. Paul United Methodist Church is engaged in these kinds of ministries. Why? Because we are honoring God with what God has given to us, and we're trusting in his multiplication. And when he multiplies the gifts in which we give, our faith increases, and the community's faith increases along with that. Because of what God did, because he gave his only son, this is what we do. Because of what God did, and God was extravagant in his generosity, we become extravagant in our generosity. So the question this morning is, are you a part of we? Seriously, are, 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 this is what we do. Are you a part of the we? 
And that's the appeal. You are a part of the we. We are in this together, and this is what we do. And I am totally convinced that 2018 is gonna be an even more impactful year of ministry through the community here at St. Paul United Methodist Church. Now, next week, you're gonna receive a letter from me, if you haven't already, and inside is gonna be a, a, a giving card, and I want you to pray over that. I really do. And then on the 26th, we're gonna come and we're gonna dedicate those cards for the gifts for 2018. We're looking to raise $1.6 million for 2018. And that's an increase from this year. And some people might say, well, wait a minute, because we're kind of you know, behind a little bit in our giving and all. But folks, you know what? With God's help, we can do everything. And I'm hoping that we're gonna take the tenets of our teaching today and it's gonna move us in a direction where we're all gonna move and honor God first. And that's a significant thing that moves us. Why? Because it takes faith to give first. It doesn't take any faith at all to give last. So being part of this church, God's work in this church, is an incredible opportunity. And together, we can make things happen.